It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to the PowerMizzou podcast. This is Brian Austin in studio in Columbia. Gabe DeArmond's down the Hampton End in uh, Nashville. Enjoyed a nice basketball win last night, I guess. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about that win, uh, the coaching search that's going on right now for Missouri, and then spring football. Um, I guess just Gabe last night, what what was the... uh, what was it like being in the arena covering that game? Kimmy Anderson already knew he was gone, and the, I guess the players just decided to go out and give it one more go. Well, well, it was funny. I mean, really, for I don't know, thirty-eight minutes, I, it, it didn't seem to me that they were like playing a lot harder or particularly inspired. There was uh, there was a lot of chippiness and uh, four technical fouls and a flagrant one and. And you know it was it was a little bit of a, a scrappy game, but I, I think that had more to do with the fact that Missouri and Auburn don't really seem to like each other very much for one reason or another. Terrence Phillips talked about after the game how Auburn was doing some stuff that that they didn't really like, showboating a little bit in that in that last regular season game last weekend. So it didn't seem to me like, hey, this is an inspired effort or anything. It, it just kind of was. Um, they played pretty well for about 25 minutes, and it seemed like they should have been up 10 points, and they weren't. And then Auburn played well for about 10 minutes and was up 10 points. And, you know, and I even tweeted a couple times, well, we're in the final few minutes. We're in the final few seconds here. And, like, I don't feel bad about that. Everybody mm-hmm. thought that. I mean, you saw Terrence and Kim on the sideline. They thought it was over, too, with five minutes and 40 seconds to go. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, in 26 seconds, Everything that has gone wrong for three years suddenly went right for Missouri. And Colin Van Leer hit a shot, and Jordan Geist got a call that I, I don't know that it should have uh, necessarily gone Missouri's way, but it went Missouri's way. And they got the ball back, and Kevin Perrier had a huge rebound, and Frankie Hughes hit a huge shot, and then uh, then Perrier did it again. Yeah, I mean. I know this is, I don't know if this is just me kind of being a, a jerk, but I, the takeaway from the game for me was Kim Anderson afterwards and what got caught on tape. I don't know. I, maybe that's not that big of a deal. It's just funny to me that, I mean, all that emotion, I guess, all that frustration of three years just kind of came to the top. Yeah, I mean, I loved it, uh, you know, because I, I like the, hey, just raw emotion of it, it, this isn't an act. This isn't he had 15 minutes to prepare for a press conference. I, I thought it was funny. I, there's probably some people that are offended by the language, but whatever. I, you know, those people and I would probably not get along well, uh, to be quite honest. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, we, we laughed about it a lot. Players were actually watching that video in the locker room when we went in there. Um, and, uh, you know, Dave Matter and I joked about uh, that, that we should get T-shirts made um, with uh, with those words on them and uh, and give them to Kim, Kim whenever he is done. I don't think that's something we're going to do, but it would be amusing. Did the players, did you ask the players about it when you were in there? Did they? What did no, they, what? I hadn't seen it until after we got done with the interviews. Actually. Okay. Um, I mean, somebody had tweeted it and, and tagged me in it. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't watch it um, because you know, obviously, immediately Busy. after the yeah. game, we're yeah, we're just trying to get stuff done. And then the way the SEC tournament works, you got to go in the media room and get Kim and players. And then, like, by the time we get got in the locker room, they said there are seven minutes. You guys got seven minutes. Mm. So you know, I, I grabbed three 
three guys as quickly as I could. We were also interrupted by Russell Woods grabbing three water bottles out of the team cooler and just spraying the entire locker room. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. I, I mean, looking ahead, game tonight against Ole Miss, another winnable game. I mean, Ole Miss isn't any good. So, I mean, right. can the, I guess they can do it again. The Tigers can. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see them win this game now that they won the last one. I mean, Auburn's a, a they're not as good a team, but they're a tougher matchup for Missouri. Missouri mm-hmm. easily could have beaten Ole Miss twice in the regular season. Um, you know, and, and I've always said the, the most dangerous thing in a postseason environment is to be a team that's playing for something against a team that has absolutely nothing to play for. Uh, I, I mean, look, Missouri, whatever. It, whatever happens tonight, Missouri's weekend was already more successful than anybody thought. Mm-hmm. It's not changing the ultimate future. Um, eight and twenty-three, nine and twenty-three, whatever. I, it, you know, it does. It doesn't really matter. They can just go out and have fun and see what happens. And and that's a dangerous spot. And this is a team that, I mean, sixteen for thirty-four from three-point range. This team might have gone a month without making sixteen three-pointers at one point. You know, so they got to be feeling all right about themselves. And last night, another connection to Ryan Luce. It's her birthday. Just that's three times now they've played where there's something going on with Ryan and her fight against cancer, everything that she's done and been through in the family. It, that's not a coincidence, is it, obviously? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I went uh, on the way out of the locker room, uh, you know, shook Rob Fulford's hand, and, and Brad was talking to uh, a couple other guys. And, and you know, obviously it was, it was good for him. I mean, it, we, you know, the, the human side of this is, you know, the hug between Terrence and Kim, uh, that's a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you are a human being with any sort of compassion and uh these are people um with jobs you know that they are losing and jobs that pay very well um and so the human side of it is good for brad luce and rob fulford and emmanuel dildy and kim anderson that that they get to coach at least one more day so how's it set up i haven't really been more focused on football and recruiting and everything admittedly how's it set up for them if they are able to get past Ole miss what's What's their prospects after that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Arkansas tomorrow if they win this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's obviously beat, one of the two yeah. teams they've already beaten. Uh, and then it would presumably be Florida. And um, it did not go particularly well the right. last time Missouri played Florida. So it would seem the absolute ceiling is Saturday. But it, you know what? It's it's kind of like – and look, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Like Right. they've won nine SEC games in three years. There's no reason to think they're going to win five in five days here. But, you know, the the clip I always like is the 30 for 30 on the Red Sox coming back against the Yankees, and it's it's Mm -hmm. Kevin Millar before game four. And he says, hey, you know what? If we win this one, have some confidence Mm -hmm. going to game five. If we win that one, we, you know, we win this one. We got Pedro and Schilling. And then we win those, and anything can happen in Game 7. So all I'm going to say is they better not let us win tonight. So, you know, uh, look, Missouri's not in that situation. Say, so who's Mizzou's Pedro scared. and Schilling? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Colin and Kevin last night. But, uh, yeah, I don't believe those guys are – now, look, I'm going to change my tune. If Kevin Purrier comes out with a bloody sock, I'm picking Missouri <laughs> to win the whole damn thing. That's awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, that would be something else if they could. Uh, I don't know. It's. I mean, it's not going to happen. But I guess it's. No. I can see why fans would have fun with it and kind of uh, dream a little bit. I, I mean, we were joking last night about uh, about Missouri winning this tournament and the, you know the the thirty for thirty tagline. Like, 
you know, what if I told you that Kim Anderson rose from the dead? Or what if I told you that Kim Anderson was the only coach to win the national title and lose his job, you know? (laughs) Oh, man. Speaking of losing his job, uh, the coaching search. (laughs) (laughs) Transition to that now after we've talked uh, SEC tournament a little bit. What? What what have you been hearing lately? What do what do Palmazoo subscribers maybe? I mean, they know everything. I think pretty much if they're on the board, if they're reading things. Is there anything else uh, you can let them in on? Yeah, I mean, obviously, look, we we want to encourage people to uh, to go to the go to the site and subscribe, and and we've got the fifty percent off deal, which is is good through Friday at midnight. So we. We don't want to give everything away on a free platform here. Um, you know, we'll, we'll give a little bit away. I mean, I said day one of this search, and I haven't really changed my tune. I will take Tom Crean and Conzo Martin and give you the field and see where things are at. Um, there is a ton of smoke around Tom Crean. Um, and, and I think there are two games Missouri fans should watch. Uh, by the time this posts, Illinois – and Michigan may be very close to over in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, that has an effect in that if Illinois opens, which if they lose today, there's a much better chance of that. But if Illinois opens, like to me, if John Gross is gone, Conzo Martin is the head coach at Illinois within like half mm-hmm. an hour. I mean, I, I don't see he, – he, everything I'm told is he would prefer that job. He would listen to Missouri, and he would be interested in Missouri, but he wants Illinois. Okay. Um, so if Gross is out, I think Conzo is, is clearly the guy there. Uh, the other game, obviously, is Indiana and Iowa on, uh, in the Big Ten tournament at 530. And, um, you know, I know a, people, a couple of people covering that. Um, certainly if Indiana loses, Tom Crean will be asked the questions. Um, there is a lot of smoke, and – all that smoke means one of two things. It either means that Tom Crane's the guy, you know, he's he's the leader in the clubhouse and he's as interested in this job as we've been told and Missouri's interested in him, or it's the old magician's trick of, you know, do something super fancy with your right hand while your left hand does the actual trick. Um, and I, I guess we'll see, mm-hmm. is this real or is this a diversionary tactic? If it's Tom Crane, this could all happen and be over as soon as Monday. Um, you know, if it's, if it, if it goes beyond that, which if it goes beyond that, it doesn't mean it's not Tom Crean. It just means there are some other guys out Mm -hmm. there. Jim Sterk wants to dig into a little deeper. You know, I I think Scott Drew is a guy to keep your eye on. Um, I, I know they want to look at Chris Holtman, but my information is that Chris Holtman likely wouldn't take this job. So, uh, you know, I think those are, are a couple guys out there. And then we've always got to just, you know, hedge our bets and say, you know, hey, we do the best we can. And maybe there's something out there we don't know. Now, right. there's something we don't know in the past has been a negative thing. Right. Um, I had Missouri fans would yeah. hope that something we don't know now might be a little more positive. In your eyes, what's the longest you see this playing out? Um, well... It could. Sterk has said he'd like to have a coach to, it, by the Final Four, which would be, what, three weeks from tomorrow, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, certainly you think it's going to be done within three weeks. I, I think it'll be done soon. He said last night, he, and the video is on our site, um, for, uh, you know, uh, we talked to Jim Sterk for about 11 minutes last night along with, uh, along with the three newspaper guys that, that cover the team on a regular basis. That's all on our site, so you can go watch it. Um, he said he'd like to have it done sooner rather than later, but you know, it's just very general terms. Uh, you set a, a long deadline, and then if you're done sooner, p- 
people are pleasantly surprised. No reason to say we want to have a coach next week and then have it not happen. Um, I've said since the start, I I would think that week, that, you know, four-day break between the end of the second round and the start of the Sweet 16 would be kind of where I would target. Now, the the exception there is what if the guy they like is coaching in the Sweet 16? Mm -hmm. You know, what if they want, what if they don't want to do anything until they can talk to Scott Drew? Uh, or Chris Holtman or whoever it may be. Now the danger you run there. What if Baylor? What if you're trying to wait on on uh, Scott Drew and Baylor makes the Final Four because they're good enough to do it. Right. Uh, then the risk you run is NC State hiring a coach, LSU hiring a coach, Kansas State and Illinois coming open and hiring coaches, um, irritating some of the guys that are on your board who then clearly understand they're not your number one guy mm-hmm. and they don't take the job. And then Scott Drew says no. And then you go. Right. Hire Frank Hayes. Right. Circling back to Crean, in your opinion, and is he the type of coach that he's at the level to where they don't really need to look at other guys that much? Is he the kind of guy that can just focus completely on and just go in? On, or do you think they should be going ahead and doing work with other guys and seeing what's going on? Well, the thing is you do your due diligence, but uh, Jim Starks had two months to do that. Mm-hmm. He's known this was happening since, I, I think, about New Year's. Um, so he, at this point, Jim Stark knows who's interested. He knows who will listen. He knows who he can get a conversation with. And he knows how he feels about them. This is not, this week hasn't been about feeling out guys and seeing who's interested. This week, I think, has been, okay, this is our short list. Now let's really do homework on those, I don't know, three guys, five guys, whatever it might be. Uh, I said a month ago, to me, if you know Fred Hoiberg or Tom Crean wants the job, I don't even do a search. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just say, okay, cool. You want the job? We want you too. But that's me. I'm not making the hire. Jim Sterk may not be as sold on on Tom Crean as I am. I, I think it would be a as good as good a hire as Missouri fans could possibly expect to make in the situation they're in. This is putting the cart before the horse, but that's kind of what we do in the media sometimes. Absolutely. So, I mean, Tom Crean is the guy. They hire him. What what should Missouri fans be excited about with him, and what maybe should they be a little cautious about? Well, I mean, the excitement is he's won a league title at both places he's been. He's been to a Final Four, which, as somebody brought up on our message board yesterday, should Missouri hire him? He will be the first person ever to coach at Missouri who has been to a Final Four. Um, that's you know, pretty remarkable. Pretty amazing, yeah. And um, so that's what you like. He, he's shown an ability to get – I mean, he gets some four- and five-star guys, but mm-hmm. he also gets guys who aren't four- and five-stars and makes them into four- and five-stars. Victor Oladipo, OG Ananobi, Dwayne Wade, you know, guys like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really mean to mention those other two in the same sentence as Dwayne Wade. It's like Dwayne <laughs> Wade gets his own category. <laughs> he, you know, um, if, if those guys are in Tom Crean's Hall of Fame, then Dwayne Wade has his own wing. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, those are the positive. The negatives, honestly, are more – they don't have anything to do with basketball. They're, he's weird, and he makes people mad, and the media is going to hate him, and he wears out his welcome. Yeah, well, he might wear out his welcome, but he was at Marquette for eight years in Indiana for nine. Right. It, it, the last coach to be at Missouri that long was Norm Stewart. So if 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 you get Tom Crean and he wins you two SEC titles and takes you to an Elite Eight, and eight years in you go, man, I'm tired of this guy. Well, that's a great hire. Mm-hmm. Go do it. And and Norm kind of re- 
rub some people that way a little bit. Do you think there's some similarities in their personalities like that? I mean, maybe people in Missouri just like that kind of treatment. Yeah, I don't know Crane well enough to say that. I'll say I, I tend to put more weight in looking at coaches in, does he fit? Mm-hmm. Like, if I, if I watch him, do I think that's Missouri basketball? I watch Tom Crean, I can say, I think that's Missouri basketball. I watch Conzo Martin, and I think that. Like, yeah. he, he fits. His personality fits Missouri basketball. I, I haven't watched Chris Holtman enough. I, I don't know if I feel that way about Scott Drew or not. Right. Um, really? It, uh, can you explain little, that a little bit more? Just, like, what do you mean by fitting Missouri basketball? Yeah, well, just the, Missouri, I think Missouri fans like to view themselves as Midwest people, mm-hmm. as kind of middle class, you know, hard workers, not a lot of glitz and glam. Quinn was too slick. He, he was just too slick to be the coach at Missouri. Uh, Mike Anderson, I thought, fit pretty well. Um, not great. Uh, not, not as well as, as some other. He wasn't Norm, but, you know. Uh, Haith, I don't know. I, I think you couldn't even get past what his record was to decide if he fit here or not, to be quite honest with you, when they hired him. Right. So, um, but just a guy I look at, and look, I grew up in the Norm Stewart era. Like, like it or not, that's, for a Missouri basketball fan, that's, like the, that's the standard of what is Missouri basketball. It's Norm Stewart. Right. It's, it's that type of play. It's hard-nosed defense. It's maybe not having the most talent, but going out there and, and working your ass off. I, I see that out of Tom Crean's teams. I, I see that out of Conzo's teams, um, you know, to be quite honest with you. I think Conzo has a reputation of, like, this great recruiter has, who has underachieved. I, I don't really know that that's true. He's a good recruiter, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's had, like, elite talent up until the last year or two. You you mentioned the hard-nosed defense is something that Missouri fans kind of always wanted. They That was one of the issues they had with Hayes. They thought Anderson was going to bring that in. He didn't really. I mean, a little bit, I guess, but – I've heard some, I admittedly haven't done a lot of research on it, but Crean's teams have a little issues with defense. Is that just because the offenses in the Big Ten are so good and there's a lot of skilled players there, or, or, or what do you see with that? Yeah, I, I don't know a ton. He may be a little more of an offensive guy. Um, you know, I know the Marquette team that beat Missouri in the tournament and went to the Final Four, made a ton of threes, and, and could really shoot the basketball. Um, mm-hmm. and that may be true. Uh, I haven't looked a whole lot into that, to be quite honest with you. Um, but personality-wise, he, right. he's kind of gruff. He's maybe a little bit standoffish, um, but I, I think that's, I, you know, he, he reminds me a lot of in a lot of ways of Gary Pinkle. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's enough on the coaching search for a little bit. Um, maybe spring football. I was out there on yeah. Tuesday. They let us watch the whole practice, which was um, boring was and long. Um, but uh, <laughs> There's only 14 to go, man. Don't worry. Yeah. So, but, uh, I mean, it, it was nice to be able to sit there and see some one-on-ones, some um, some things like that. I, I, I don't know. You haven't been able to see anything yet, but just right. going into spring camp, what's kind of – what you're looking to see, what your takeaways you're hoping to get out of it? Yeah, honestly, I always kind of think they're going against themselves and we're six months from the season. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to take a ton out of spring football. Um, depth chart, things are not going to be decided. You right. might get some indications, but nothing's going to be decided. And and like you said, I mean, obviously, I was on my way to Nashville. I'd, I'd kind of defer to you and, and just see if, you know, if there was anything that, that I guess jumped out um, on, on day one. I For me, it was the cornerbacks, having Christian Holmes and DeMarcus Acey already listed as the starters. Um, I 
obviously Logan Cheadle's going to have a chance and find a dribbling, maybe Gerald Alton to kind of get in there. Those are the five guys I think right now that they have on scholarship on because they moved Anthony yeah. Hines to safety. Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that was most interesting to me. I just kind of, I guess just being used to the Pinkle era and how seniority always, even though they said it in a play a part, it always seemed to play a part. Um, they just went ahead and stuck those two young guys in there. And they, I mean, 6'1", 190, 6'2", 190, looked pretty good. I, I know Jamon Moore really, really smoked Christian Holmes on one play. Um, but Jamon's a pretty good wide receiver, so he's yeah. going to do that to some people. And, uh, and I guess what jumped out to me just on paper and, and reading what you guys did from that day was, you know, Franklin Agbasamir to defensive end, Tavon Ross mm-hmm. to, to linebacker. Uh, it, it looks to me like they're trying to get faster on defense. That was what right. Gary Pinkle did it when he first got to Missouri, and it was what made Miami great. They were right. playing guys that should have been um, corners at safety, guys that should have been safety at linebacker, guys that should have been linebacker at defensive end, and guys that maybe should have been defensive ends at defensive tackle. But what it created was just guys that were so much faster than the guys they were trying to cover mm-hmm. or the guys that were trying to block them that it mitigated any um, negative they had in, in terms of size. So, And look, I don't expect Tavon Ross to be a starting linebacker, and I don't expect Franklin Agabasimir to be a starting defensive end. But I wonder if it's a little bit combined with the fact they have almost nobody at defensive tackle. And Odom said that that every defensive end is going to spend a day or two inside. Right. Um, you know, if it's a move to a little bit of that. That, that when Pinkle did that well in the Big Twelve, that, that kind of fit those type of offenses, those spread offenses that you had to run around and cover yeah. people. In the SEC, do you think that's going to work as well? Having smaller, faster guys. I mean, uh, well, we'll it will against out. some I mean, the teams. SEC is, it, it's not what the Big 12 was offensively, but it is going more spread, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, so, you know, that's something. And then, then staying on defense, and, and hopefully most people have read Colton's story from this morning on Marcel Frazier. Um, so we're not going to get to interview Marcel Frazier again, I assume. <laughs> I. I'll be honest, I hadn't read the story yet. Did he say yeah. something maybe he shouldn't yeah. have said? He said, um, playing the gap control scheme sucked. Oh. <laughs> it was like playing with your legs taped together and that. your arms behind your back. <laughs> so I think we've spoken with Marcel for the last time this spring, probably. He was, uh, I've, even when we covered him in recruiting, Great he was interview. a real, yeah, real honest kid. Good interview. Has diverse interests. And stuff like that, which sometimes you don't always get with athletes, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Smart kid. He, we were, I saw Colton over there talking to him. I talked to him for a few minutes myself, and he talked about the leadership roles that the defensive linemen are taking, how uh, Jordan Harold is stepping up, how A.J. Logan is stepping up, but him and Terry are kind of the guys that are kind of t- leading the way right now. I, I mean, they, he, he, he mentioned that they know that people think they're the worst defensive front seven in the SEC, and Although he said they're not out to prove people wrong, when you mention that, you're, I mean, right. admitting that you're out to prove people wrong. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's like my favorite coaching thing. I don't like to make excuses, but <laughs> right. what is coming after that is always an excuse, without exception. My my thing that, and we talked about this, some of the guys, Ben Fredrickson and, and Blake Topmeyer, were at the practice and we were talking with them. Um, with so many kids still yet to come, I think it's 20 guys that show up. I guess, yeah. I guess that's the big thing that kind of holds you back from really being able to make any judgments from spring camp. Yeah, I mean, this recruiting class is, it's really his first recruiting class. Mm-hmm. And especially with the, so many junior college defensive tackles, 
he, he brought guys into play. He didn't right. bring a lot of these guys in to sit. He wants to play them. He wants to get his guys on the field as soon as possible. And that's why you see so many um, transfers and defections after a coaching change. Usually about this time is when, like, immediately some will happen. Mm-hmm. But more it's after a year and guys go, well, man, coach wants his guys and I don't fit what coach wants to do. And, and the coach looks at a guy and says, hey, I gave him a chance, but he just can't do what I want him to do. And so guys start moving on really more in year two than in year one. So uh, that, that's definitely something to watch. And, and I guess talking about the Juco guys kind of brings up, uh, I, I don't know if you had any chance to, to really get a look at Rashad Brandon. And, and I mean, I, I know they're not in pass. So you right. can tell really what kind of a player he is, but just if you if you got to look at him kind of physically and, and get any first impressions, yeah, he he has the size. He he moves pretty well. Um, they I don't think they did one on one pass rush stuff. I guess maybe because they had no pads at all. They did one on one passing and and uh, defense stuff like that. But uh, he he looked all right. It was hard to tell. They just were doing drills and things. He has the size. He looked pretty agile. Um, yeah, I, I talked mean, judging to, linemen without pads on is right. Pointless. Talking to Terry and, and, and Frazier, they, they both said he did pretty well for the first day. That was the first day that he actually got to work out with the team in any mm-hmm. form because I don't know exactly when he got on campus with uh, the late arrival, but I guess there was nothing going on. It was past the uh, winter conditioning and everything they were doing. So this yesterday or, or Tuesday was the first chance he ever he's had to get out on the field. So I'm sure there was a there'll be some improvement from him, I would hope, over yeah. the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, and uh, and then I guess the other thing that that I know you you wrote about and talked about on the message board a little bit. They are without Nate Strong for mm-hmm. who knows how long. Right. Um, could be a very minor deal. Could be could be a while. Um, I always say my my guess in situations like this always are we've not seen Nate Strong associated with any arrest report. Right. So my go tos in this are always. He missed a meeting. Mm-hmm. He missed a workout. He missed some class. Stud, yeah, study you know, session, something. something along those lines. Is, and, and I don't know, um, but those are always kind of the the type of things I right. assume that it is. Yeah, it's tough for twenty uh, year old guys to be places on time for some reason. I don't know why that is. Yeah, hey, I, I know some forty year old guys that have a <laughs> tough time getting places on time. I I had a shuttle driver from the Hampton Inn to Bridgestone Arena that took. Uh, 45 minutes to get me 1.2 miles. I thought I was going to be not on time to talk to Jim Sterk last night. Wow. Sweating bullets a little bit there for a little? Was a, uh, the, the part where he ran a four-way stop Ooh. in rush hour traffic was probably the most concerning to me. That would be very concerning. It was, uh, it was not a fun ride. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. A little sorry I missed that. It would have been exciting, I guess. Yeah, I mean that, and 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 then the game like delivered, and yeah. and once I got over the fact that um, okay, I have to talk to the lady to extend my hotel reservation, and I hope I can. Mm-hmm. And then if they win Thursday, I have to go shopping. I mean, once I get over that, you know, it was it was an enjoyable night. How's that GoFundMe page going? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know if you saw on Twitter uh, the Antlers offered to bring me a shirt. Did Friday. they? That's nice yeah. of him. It probably wouldn't be one you'd want to wear. I, I'm not sure <laughs> I can like sit on press row with like a he hate me shirt. Yeah, or something. I say it's, there's a good chance I'll have cuss words on it of some kind. I, I was gonna say there's a good chance it's some obscene gonna language. Be, <laughs> shove it, you know. <laughs> it, there's gonna be a Kim Anderson quote on that shirt, I think. So, <clears throat> lunch in Nashville. Any big plans? The rest of the sports um, writing crew going the, out? 
Just posted the hot board. I am, uh, I am after this, after we get this posted, I am going to go work out for the sole purpose of then being able to go to Hattie B's and get some hot chicken. So. That's a good plan. Burn those calories and get ready, huh? <laughs> Burn those calories, replenish them immediately, <laughs> and then go over and catch the fever, man. SEC basketball, it just means more. Yeah, well, apparently it did to Kevin Purrier <laughs> last night. So Absolutely. Well, trying to think of anything else we need to touch on here. That's it seems yeah, like we no, covered quite I, a bit. I think we have covered it all. Um, you know, by the time we do this again, I, I, all right, just it, it, we'll get out there. By the time we do this again, first of all, um, you know, women's basketball has selection Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll know their tournament fate. Uh, Steve Beezer's team is never losing again. <laughs> and I, I guess on the way out the door, let's wrap it up this way. Just. Yes or no, by the time we do the podcast next Thursday morning, Missouri has a basketball coach. Oh, man. I guess just the way things are kind of sounding right now, I'd say yes, but I don't, I'm not real confident in that yes. I say at least publicly no. Okay. They may have one, but I think we don't know about it yet. Maybe gotcha. I'm wrong. Well, but you but might know about it, but the public might. Well, look, in these situations, if I know about it, the public's going to know about it. But if Jim Sturk knows about it, he ain't. He, he did say after our interview on camera last night, I said, so how does this work? Do you just, just call us every couple of days and update us on where things stand? And he said he'd tweet us. Now, he'd tweet us? That's a problem because Jim Sturk does not have a Twitter account. There is a Jim Sturk MU on Twitter that a lot of people think is Jim Sturk. That is not Jim Sturk. Not Jim Sturk. Yeah. So. No Twitter. <laughs> Yep, but uh, no, I, I think that wraps it up, man. All right. Well, appreciate Gabe calling in. I know uh, fans, the subscribers always enjoy these, so we'll be back next week with more information, and we'll see if there's a coach by then or not. Thanks for joining us.